This is The Reality. Hello again. Thank you for joining us. This is Dudley Anderson here. Welcome to The Reality. It's our power talk show talking about the reality of Jesus in our lives. If you've got a story to tell of the reality of Jesus in your life, I would love to hear from you. Drop me a note, dudley at surreality.net. Now, if you missed that email address, no worries. I'll give it to you again later on in the show. Today on The Reality, we're meeting author Rhett Foster. Rhett was born in South Africa and grew up in a home that sadly promoted anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism, of course, is animosity towards the Jewish race. Rhett was touched by the grace of God and later went on to understand the deeper meaning of the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Rhett moved to the USA as a baby and grew up suffering the emotional blows that were brewing between his parents. His parents eventually divorced. But Rhett had an out-of-body experience in a dream one night, and God told him things that only his parents would know. I saw myself leave my body, and then looking down at myself sleeping in bed, Mm. and all of a sudden an angel's carrying me up to heaven. I meet Jesus, and there's a green field, and he's sitting under a tree, and then there's a, a treasure chest that was opened up. He swung me through hell for a few seconds, I guess, to let me know what I had missed, and then I wake up the next morning, and I tell my dad these things that there's no way I could have known mm-hmm. unless someone had, had told me outside of my dad. I feel like it was God's way of anchoring me into my connection with him. From that point on, Rhett knew that God was real, an experience that helped him to commit his life to serving Christ. We chat with Rhett Forster today via Skype. Well, it's my pleasure to talk to Rhett Forster today on Skype. Thank you so much, Rhett, for joining us. We're going to be talking about uh, your experience in finding Jesus as Lord and Savior uh, and uh, what the Lord means to you in your life and experience. Thank you for joining us. Rhett, I believe um, you grew up in an anti-Semitic home. What does that mean? Well, you know, when I was a child, I heard my parents and my grandparents, you know, using anti-Semitic slurs at times. And, of course, at the time, I didn't understand what that meant. Uh, But uh, later on in life, you know, when I started learning more about, uh, you know, just life and Jewish culture and and Christian history, and I started realizing, oh, these are anti-Semitic slurs that I grew up with. So, (laughs) you know, I was like, I don't want to be a part of that. Okay, okay. Great. So you say you don't want to be part of that. You know, there's a lot uh, in the news these days about anti-Semitism against the Jews, the Jewish race. Um, uh, So do do you find yourself, uh, you know, in in favor of uh, Jewish culture and Jewish um, nationality? Oh, yes, definitely. Because, you know, I mean, Jesus is Jewish and the, the whole Bible is centered around the nation of Israel. And, you know, it's it just makes sense as a Christian to uh align yourself with Israel and, uh, you know, be pro-Israel. And, uh, you know, that I just, that's my, my belief and my conviction about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, are you Messianic? Do you have any Jewish uh, ancestry at all? No, as far as I know, I'm a, I'm a pure Gentile. I don't have any <laughs> Jewish ancestry, but, uh, you know, I just, uh, I yeah. mainly came across just the importance of Israel and the Jews because of my, uh, when I got out of high school, I started watching this program on Christian television, and uh, there was a program uh, by name, a guy named uh, Zola Levitt, and he was a Messianic Jew. 
here in, in Dallas because that's where I was, you know, that's where I'm from. And, uh, you know, he really got me into touch with the whole Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where my journey started as far as knowing the importance of Israel because, as you know, there's lots of churches that don't think Israel's important. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what got me started. That was in the early 90s. Okay, great. So how important is it for us Gentile Christian believers to, uh, you know, to, to get to know and understand the Jewish culture, to perhaps understand the Scriptures better? How important is it? Well, I think it's very important because— the fact that Jesus is a Jew, the Bible was originally written, written in Hebrew, at least you know the Old Testament part of it, and um, you know God has made you know important promises to Israel. And I mean, if you're a Christian and you follow Christ, I mean, it just to me it just makes sense that you that that is important because you know whatever is important to God should be important to us as believers. And so that's my my take on it. Mm. Do you think there are things, you know, in the Bible that uh, we as uh, as non-Jewish folk, uh, Gentile Christians, do you think there are things that we, we miss, you know, or miss out on because we don't understand the culture and the background of uh, of the Jewish authorship of the Scripture? There are things we miss out on. Um, like, you know, for instance, um, you know, what I've heard, Jewish, even Jews that don't believe in Jesus, when they expound on the Scriptures and— I hear things that I never heard in my church, you know, because our church will either have no Jews or just it'll be uh, from a Gentile perspective, you know, the understanding of the scriptures. Mm. So uh, whenever throughout my life, you know, I didn't even know what a Jew was until I got out of high school Mm. and uh, started, you know, watching programs or reading books about Jews. And and when I saw the importance of it, I thought, you know, I need to know more about these people because – they're such a fundamental part of the scriptures mm. and uh, God's message, and so yes, uh, it's it really learning more about the Jews and about Hebrew. It really opened up my understanding, and I heard things I'd never heard before mm-hmm. that mm. needed to be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. interesting. And also, to also be able to reach Jews for Christ, because you know, when you talk to them, if you don't have a certain understanding about where they're coming from and their views of the Christian world, it, it's it's, it's kind of hard to reach them if you don't have a fundamental understanding of who they are mm. and what they've been through. Mm, mm, mm. I can understand that. Uh, you know, just uh, thinking off the cuff, um, I, I, I've heard it said that uh, many Jews believe that Paul, the Apostle Paul, started the Christian church. You know, he's the founder of the Christian movement <laughs> mm-hmm. because, you know, well, most of the New Testament is written right. by, by Paul. Um, uh-huh. But, of course, we know that Paul isn't the founder of the Christian no. church. <laughs> uh, Jesus is the Lord. He's the God. Uh, and if any founder, uh, we could uh, refer to Peter as the founder because Jesus said, upon you, Peter, I'm going to build my church. So, right. you know, I, I just thought that was very interesting. So if you if you... I don't know if you have many Jewish friends, but if you, you know, talking to a Jewish person, how do you explain to him that, uh, or her, that, uh, you know, his faith, Judaism, is actually the same as ours? Because we, we believe they're scriptures, don't we? And uh, that Jesus was, in fact, Jewish. Do they, do they accept yes. that? Well, what I learned is, um, perfect example, um, I, I never had that much um, contact with Jews until I, I did work for Zol Levitt that I mentioned earlier uh, for about a year or so uh, in his uh, office in Dallas, but 
the, the, the first time that I really had some street experience with Jews was when I was in Cape Town, South Africa, and I uh, linked up with uh, the Jews for Jesus uh, organization, and they're very evangelistic. And so we were on the streets of Cape Town, and we we're talking to you know they, they were telling us this is how you need to approach it. We've been doing this for decades, and they were kind of schooling us on how to approach Jews and the, the important things to focus on. And um, so we they said focus on prophecies because mm-hmm. that is you know that's you know the Bible talks to the Jews you know through prophecy, and and the, all the prophets spoke of Christ as he even said himself. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, they told us to, you know, the main thing is to just focus on, um, you know, the, the basics, the death, the burial, resurrection, and the why is it that you don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, mm-hmm. and kind of go from there. I get it. And yeah. Um, so, but yeah, focus on the scriptures, focus on the fact, uh, you know, the prophecies, the prophets. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, amazing stuff. So, uh, Rhett, uh, that's all very interesting. You said your dad was anti-Semitic. Um, uh, but I believe you also had a bit of a, a parental conflict in, in your early uh, life, and your parents got divorced. How did that affect you? Well, um, okay, so I was um, in South Africa. I was born there, and then you know, we came to the U.S. for a while, and then we went back to South Africa, and... Uh, so basically, my mom married my dad twice and divorced him twice. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, the, 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 in the late seventies, we went back to South Africa, and uh, uh, that's when I had a what I would you know consider to be an out of body experience, uh, a vision, dream, what have you. It's kind of hard to pin it down, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I was sleeping and uh, you know had an experience where the Lord. Uh, you know, I, I saw myself leaving my body, and it was at night, and I go up to heaven, and I see Jesus, and I uh, experience all these things, and then all of a sudden, uh, the Lord tells me some things, and I come back, and I wake up the next morning, and the Lord's like, my dad, I was telling my dad about my dream, and he said, you need to write all this down, and he, and he told me, I ended up telling him things that I could not have known, because he didn't share, you know, mm-hmm. all the adult business, and he, and I told my dad, you know, the things that Jesus had told me to tell him about my sister's medical problem and about his financial problems. And so to me, that's why I think it was real, because how could I have known those things? Wow. And it was going on at a time when my parents were fighting a lot, you know, uh, physical and emotional abuse, you know, and uh, between them. And so uh, anyway, but th- their, you know, their divorce happened when I was very young, so I didn't remember that. But the second divorce, you know, that was when I was a little boy. So oh. um, it did affect me, you know, adversely yeah. because you, of course, you don't like to see your parents, um, you know, separated. And and then me and my sisters, we ended up staying with my uh, mother and when we came back to the United States. And so I lived the rest of my childhood without my father in my life. And so, you know, that was, I always was wondering about him and and of course, it affects your identity as a as a boy, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think in a way is of how you relate to your heavenly father, you know, because if you don't have an earthly father to kind of relate to uh, in a normal situation, it's kind of hard to you know, mm-hmm. you kind of it affects your view of your heavenly father. I think. Yeah, it certainly does. Certainly does. An mm-hmm. out of body experience. I found that incredibly interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, Rhett, um, you know, most people who have an out of body experience 
die. <laughs> right. You know, they they die and they have an out of body experience as the spirit leaves the body, and uh, and only by the grace mm -hmm. of God they're able to you know relate that experience. But you mm -hmm. obviously weren't dead. So as a, as a, as a young child, what 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 was that like? You said you felt like your your spirit left your body. I mean, did you well, did you look down and, and, and see yourself in bed? How what was what was happening? Well, and I, maybe I'm using the wrong terminology, but I, I just all I know is that I was sleeping at night, and I remember it was during a rough time when my parents were fighting a lot, and I guess maybe the Lord used it as a way to comfort me and to maybe bring peace to the family, but also make Himself more real to me. But basically, I uh, you know went to sleep, and I I just remember seeing myself. Maybe it was my soul, I don't know, but I just I. I saw myself leave my body and then looking down at myself, sleeping in bed, mm. and all of a sudden an angel's carrying me up to heaven. And I'm assuming it's the third heaven mentioned in the Bible, you know, where God's throne is. Mm -hmm. And so I I meet Jesus and there's a green field and he's sitting under a tree. And then there's a, a treasure chest that was opened up and he pointed to it saying, This is like your life, this is your uh, you know, I guess what your life will be. It'll be full of gems. And I don't know if it was through uh, – if I was, you know, the way he – how he held me, but he made me – he swung me through hell for a few seconds, I guess, to let me know what I had missed. Because wow. by that time in my life, I was uh, – I think I think I'd accepted my, the Lord as my Savior, I think, right before this uh, dream. Um, I'm not sure if it was before or after, but uh, – but when he swung me through hell, it's almost as if hell was sort of like on the border with heaven. But, you know, since this is a dream, I don't know the reality of all that. But, <laughs> but you know, and he swung me through hell just to kind of give me a little taste of what I'd missed. That's that's my interpretation. Wow. And then, and then the Lord, you know, it was sort of like I left heaven. And as I left, it looked like a bubble. And everyone was praising the Lord. They were happy, the angels, the people, everything. And then I, as I came back to earth, I was – but it, what was interesting is as I came back to earth, I was coming back to earth with my back toward earth and my face toward heaven. So heaven got smaller, but I could see everyone rejoicing and happy, and then you know, then I'm back in, in earth, and then I wake up the next morning, and I tell my dad these things that there's no way I could have known mm -hmm. unless someone had, had told me outside of my dad, you know, which wow. – and so, yeah, and I wrote it down, and – because my, my little sister had a medical problem, and and Jesus had told me what to tell my dad about how to to you know face it and about what to do about some kind of deposit, some kind of financial situation that there's no way I could have known about because they wouldn't have talked to us about things like that. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, that was it was, and I've never forgotten that that dream. I feel like it was God's way of um, I don't know, anchoring me into my connection with Him. You know, all the rest of my life, because I always look back at that as almost like a turning point mm -hmm. in my life, mm -hmm. in my mm -hmm. faith. Amazing stuff. Uh, Rhett, we've been chatting a while. We're going to take a little break and be back after this. You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. 
If you've just joined us, it's really good to have your company. Thank you so much indeed. Just to remind you that this show is podcast at the website surereality.net if you want to listen to it again. I'm Dudley Anderson. Just to remind you too that if you'd like to drop me a note, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me by email at dudley at surereality.net. If anything we've said so far in our program has struck a chord in your heart or you have some questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. It's dudley at surereality.net. Well, today on The Reality, we're speaking to author Rhett Forster. Rhett has shared how he grew up in an anti-Semitic home. But he later went on to gain a deeper understanding of the Jewish heritage of the Christian faith, something that every Christian believer should have a deeper understanding of. Anti-Semitism, or the hatred of the Jews, has been a plight on mankind since Bible times. The Jews were chosen by God to bring us Messiah, that is, Jesus Christ. No wonder the world hates God's people. Rhett has also shared how he experienced a dream where he had an out-of-body experience as a child. When he had this experience, God showed him things that only his parents would know about concerning his sister's health and financial concerns. This was confirmation to him that Jesus was real. In that dream, Red also was given a taste of hell, an eternity without God. This experience solidified the reality of Jesus and God's calling upon this young life. Red has gone on to serve the Lord and write several books to encourage people in their walk with Christ. We speak with Red Foster today via Skype. Speaking to Red Foster, thank you, Red, for joining us today as we talk about your life and experiences, some amazing things that you had, uh, experiences you had as a child. Mm-hmm. You said um, you you pretty much gave your life to the Lord um, at or more or less that age. You had the that uh, that dream and that experience. Can you remember the moment? Can you remember how you came to give your life to Jesus? I remember kneeling down with my father because my father and I we slept in the same room in separate beds. And uh, so I remember him, you know, reading the scriptures to me, um, uh, you know, and pr- encouraging me to read the scriptures and encouraging for us to share our faith with others. And uh, but I remember him, you know, kneeling down with me when he I guess he felt I was ready and I understood the, the gospel message. And, uh, you know, we knelt and prayed the sinner's prayer and uh, he led me in the prayer. And and I I do believe I said the prayer with my full understanding and my full heart mm-hmm. and uh and so yeah that's how it happened and then it wasn't long before that that we started you know we had a little road that would come in front of you know uh, up the street uh, our property and we had a big house with this big uh, lawn and i remember he would tell us now you know tell people about jesus tell them about your faith and me <laughs> and my sister would sit there on the wall on the stone wall and everyone that would came by we would say hey do you know jesus oh, <laughs> we would it. start sharing our faith <laughs> and so you know he, he really you know he, he taught us how to to do that and encouraged us and of course you know bible study was you know very important in prayer and so he, he really did coach me and he really cool. um helped me to learn to grow in my faith yeah yeah and my, my mother was a little bit more you know not so much you know she, my dad was the one who mainly uh pushed that along and, and uh, encouraged me. Fantastic. You said your experience, your dream, uh, drew you closer to God, no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that would have been at early adolescence into teens. Did you, um, you know, like most of us, wander a little from the faith <laughs> through your, your teenage years? 
I think so because you know, looking back now, I especially seem to uh, notice that. But uh, when you know, when my parents divorced, I was about I don't know, I guess ten or eleven. I don't remember for sure, but uh, well, we you know when we flew back to America, and uh, my dad stayed in South Africa. So he's an offered Connor. My mom's American, and uh, so uh, you know, so then I spent all my teenage years. Uh, just with my mother and she was a single mother struggling to uh, take care of four children. And, you know, we did go to church, but uh, we basically were sent into a boarding school as a result of the financial hardships of that situation. And so me and my sister and my cousin were put in a boarding school uh, in a city about 30 miles away from Dallas. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they took us to church every Sunday too, but you know, I was trying to fit in with as a teenager. I wanted to be part of everything that was popular, whether it was music or clothing. You know, that's the big things mm-hmm. when you're a teenager is fitting in. And um, so I don't remember reading my Bible a lot when I was a teenager. I always loved the Lord, but I always had the sadness in my heart, too, that I felt like I wasn't doing more or, you know, but I was so involved with pop culture and all the, de- you know, the demands of, teenage life and Mm -hmm. it wasn't until i got out of high school that i started really focusing on getting close with the lord and reading my bible because i think it was the pressures of hey i'm an adult now and i've got to pay bills and i've got to learn how to survive (laughs) on my own two feet yeah yeah and i think that was a big part of like getting me back toward the lord yeah great stuff um i believe then uh you had a time of restlessness uh, in your uh earlier life uh, and an inability apparently to find contentment that led you to take long bus rides and hitchhike across the u.s yes tell us about that well, I'd say that's a very formative part of my adult life because um, I went to the Army after high school and uh, you know, successfully got out of Army after four years of service and then just started trying to work in the civilian world again. And I just uh, – because I had some civilian jobs before I got the military um, and then just soon began to realize that I had a hard time dealing with you know, what was offered me and uh, – I'm sure there was some immaturity on my part, too, as far as learning how to deal with pressure and that kind of thing. And um, the military life is much more structured, much more authoritarian than it is, you know, a a normal job outside the military. But Mm. so I think uh, just over time, I just got more and more discontent with different jobs I tried out. And uh, so I thought, well, maybe I should try to go to different, you know, I felt like I was kind of drifting away from my family too, because as I grew more close to the Lord, and I felt like I was just, uh, we were going different pathways as far as, you know, uh, being serious about following the Lord, Mm -hmm. and I just uh, started going to different cities and states in the United States and trying out, and a lot of times I didn't have the money to do that, so I thought, well, I can either be stuck here wondering how I'm going to get there or I can just start walking. And and, and, and the, one of the reasons why I, I had the courage to do that was because I read a book about a guy who walked across America back in the 70s. And I thought, you know what, if he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> and and so I just started, you know, let's see what happens and I'll go by faith. And after all, Abraham did travel from, you know, uh, Babylonia to the land of Canaan, um, and the Lord said, yes. you know, he, yes. you know, we, you know I, I'm assuming it was by foot or by camel or something. And and the Lord said, go to the land I will show you. So he didn't know for sure what that land was because he was had to, had to show him on the way. 
And so I thought, well, you know, if Abraham can do it and this American God can do it, I think I can do it. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, it'll be a, definitely be a time of testing my faith and to see how much I really can believe in God taking care of me and showing me as I go. And I was desperate enough to do it. And uh, so I, I've traveled through over a period of 25 years. I've, I've traveled through 49 states and, uh, you know, we even went to Mexico and Belize. And uh, uh, but mainly most of my foot travels was to the United States. And uh, most of the time I didn't have money. And along the way, people would help me with money and or little odd jobs here and there. And uh, I slept outside in winter and summer, mm-hmm. uh, night, daytime. And I got to see all kinds of Americans, old, young, all kinds of religions. Um, and that really opened my eyes to, you know, the America that is different, that is portrayed differently in the media, you know. And I got to see for myself what America's like and uh, in a spontaneous sort of way. Hmm. So, but that, but that whole journey, uh, all those years, it helped me understand who I was better and it helped me see how God does take care of me and how he uses all kinds of people to reach me and to take care of me and to show me the way and, uh, and mature me, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, of course you run across all kinds of situations, you know, whether it be political or financial or social or whatever. And I eventually, that was also the time when I started writing, learning, you know, enjoying writing and thinking, you know what, maybe I can start writing and publishing books like my dad does and uh, so that's when I started getting into all that um, uh, and kind of becoming a, I guess you'd call a beginning author. Hmm. And um, eventually that led to doing some fiction and novels. But, uh, or, you know, I've written about my journeys and my, my memoir, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Amazing. So how many books have you written? Oh, my goodness. Uh, most of my books are about 100 pages in length. I try to keep them short. Uh but uh, I've got a few that are, you know, a little bit longer. But uh, I think I've written, my goodness, I, I've got well over, since most of them are so short, I've, I want to say maybe 80 to 90 books. Wow, amazing, amazing. And, and they're, they're ebook and paperback, you know, and, and they're on Lulu.com. There's a few on Amazon. But um, so I've got a lot of, you know, mostly short books. And, uh, yeah, but they're well over 50. Fantastic. Well, folks, if you're listening up and you're interested in getting a hold of one of uh, Rhett's books, uh, we don't have enough time to uh, to expound every every title. Please look up Rhett Forster, that is R-H-E-T-T-V-O-R-S-T-E-R. Look him up on lulu.com and Amazon. I'm sure you'll find his books. Rhett, it's been amazing chatting with you. A very interesting guy. Thank you for joining us today on The Reality. Down the reality, we've been talking to author Red Forster, sharing with us how he had an out body experience as a child that led him to believe in the reality of Jesus. Later, he tracked across America, and in his experience of walking across the United States of America, he discovered how much God takes care of us. Indeed, God does take care of us. Listen to the Word of God, perhaps just for you today. Ephesians 1 verse 11 In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works out all things according to the counsel of his will. If you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then your life will work out according to the purposes of God. 
If you have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. Do write to me by email, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, which is a listener-supported radio ministry. Please consider becoming a supporter of this ministry by becoming a vision partner through the website surereality.net. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you as always, take care and God bless.